1: another episode of Purple Insider. Matthew Collar here and a very special guest joining the show, a Vikings legend and author of the new book, Viking for Life, a four decade football love affair, linebacker Scott Studwell. What is up, Scott? How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks. How are you? I'm doing great. I want you to tell everyone what just happened to you right before we were talking here, because I think it's a great great start to our interview.
0: Well, uh, I was delivering some um, cabinets to my son's house that he purchased uh, and is renovating, and um, inadvertently I opened the garage door, and the al- he had an alarm set, and the Bloomington Police Department showed up, <laughs> and uh, so I so anyway he's uh, he was leaving now he's coming back so anyway wow.
1: so if our, uh, if our conversation gets stopped by the police then people will know why but I was just thinking about how you probably made this officer's day of like going out to a call and discovers that it's Scott Studwell who has set off his son's alarm so I thought well I'm
0: not, I don't know about that but, uh, <laughs> but actually as a matter of fact it's it's ironic that I was at a uh, first responders coffee and donut giveaway at the vikings facility uh this morning (laughs) uh, there's some the uh, bloomington fire truck came in and gave me a patch so i pulled it out of my pocket because it's the exact match to the one on his uniform
1: Oh, how about that? Yeah, no, that so, is that is ironic. Um, so it was a good calling card. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah. Well, now that you've got that sorted out, we could talk about your book. And uh, I was going to start out by asking you how retirement is treating you. I remember being there when you announced that you were retiring and Rick Spielman was very emotional. Uh, I, I wonder how it's gone for you. Well, you, you know, I
0: mean, the, the actual retirement itself has, has been great um i was ready it was time uh you know unfortunately uh soon after i retired the the pandemic hit right. so so you know we've been kind of cooped up like everybody else but um we we it did allow us to spend a lot of time up at our lake place and um so we became uh we we became Residents almost up there and, you know, it, it was fine. Um, we, you know, my mom, we lost my mom. She was kind of a long, long haul COVID, um, not survivor anymore, but she was, she got it and it was a bit of a struggle for her, but she also had congestive heart failure. So, um, but you know what? I mean, it's been good. Um, uh, I would have had a hard time uh, doing what the scouts are doing these days mm-hmm. uh, in the current environment. Um, that would have been really hard. So I think, you know, I think it was the, the right time for me to step away uh, from a work standpoint. But, uh, you know, we're kind of getting back into the the social part of, of being able to move around and and go places like everybody else is, but um, yeah, it's for the most part, you know, being able to spend a lot of time with our kids and, and our grandkids has been, has been real special.
1: Yeah. I'm very sorry to hear about um, your mom, Scott. I was wondering, as I was reading your book, how some, how someone like you who was on the road so much, you went from NFL player to the the scouting life which is not easy you're traveling a lot you're working all the time and um, I love how in this book you spend a lot of time laying out like what your schedule is like as a scout because I think that football fans don't really know that and so to go from that type of work ethic constantly for your entire career to you don't have to work today uh, that had to be quite a transition for you
0: well it was you know and and uh, you know, I, I had, you know, once I stepped down from being the college director uh, and just doing a regional role, you know, so a lot of that, you know, the 225 days a, a night on the road um, are, uh, you know, cut back to maybe 100 nights on the road or 120 nights on the road. So, I mean, I, I had scaled back some, but... Um, you know, it's it's something that you you, you kind of you get in your system, and it's hard to get rid of it. And um, you know, you're just going and going and going all the time, as opposed to, you know, I wake up in the morning and have a cup of coffee and try and figure out what I'm going to do today. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, that which is fine. That's a good problem to have. But, you know, I miss the people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I miss the. Inner workings of the game, but I don't miss the grind. Um, you know, it was just it—it it was taking its toll on me, and and probably more so emotionally than anything else. Um, and it was just time. It was time to spend more time with the you know the people that that you you should love the most, and I do love the most, and that's my family. And so, uh, you know, I'm I'm grateful for that opportunity and, and certainly very appreciative, um, of the Vikings, um, allowing me to stick around for 42 years. Yeah. yeah.
1: Right. They, they, uh, couldn't push you out the door, uh, at any point from the seventies, all the way to the, to the 20, what was it? 2019, uh, 2020. Um, So Scott, what, what inspired you to write the book? Well to be honest with you
0: um you know i really uh i didn't really have uh it wasn't something that i that i initiated um you know Jim Bruton, who I've gotten to know uh you know over the years is is a is a good friend uh, I don't see him uh a lot but i I've always respected him and and he's just a very kind genuine person. And he, he approached me to about writing this book. And, and, um, you know, I, 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 guess, uh, the thing that pushed me over the top as far as doing the book was the fact that I, how much I respected him. And I knew that, that, you know, he was going to write it in the proper context and, Um, you know, it was, it was a a story that, that he and I talked about for, um, a lot of time, uh, you know, uh, not every day, but, uh, you know, not a lot in person, although we did do some in person. Um, so it was just something that, you know, I felt not necessarily compelled to do, but, uh, because of my respect I have for Jim, um, I went ahead and did it.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that Vikings fans who read it will get a ton out of it because of how many people you were around and how long your era spanned here with the Vikings. I mean, it's all, I mean, going back to the seventies, I've really enjoyed reading the stories about, um, you know, Bud Grant. And, I, and I'd like you to talk about that because it's so it's so interesting. Um, the the way that you present Bud Grant in a way that I think nobody would know except for the guys who played for him. About when you talk about if Bud Grant gave you a look, then you know exactly what's on his mind. And I love the story about how you're standing there next to him one day, and he starts talking about the migration of butterflies to you. Then he, as a young player, he didn't say almost anything to you, and then he starts talking about butterflies butterflies so uh tell me more about uh, what it was like to play for bud grant well you 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 know i mean it was um well first
0: of all it was it it was certainly it was an honor um and it was a privilege uh to be able to play for bud um you know and, and i've said it you know numerous times he was and probably still is had one of the most common sense approaches uh, to the game of football that, that anybody I ever came in contact with or was around. Um, he was, he wasn't a man of, uh, he, you know, he, he, he did not say a lot there, there. It wasn't, you know, there weren't any pregame rah-rah speeches. And there were, he just, uh, you know, when he said something that just, it, you, it would sink in and it would, it would soak in and it just made so much sense um and he was you know he was you knew who was in charge obviously when mm-hmm. bud was was the head coach and um you know and he didn't you know because he was such a, a man of few words he was when he'd give you that look um you knew that that, that you had made a mistake and you knew that you had done something wrong. And if he gave it to you too many times, you were out the door. So, <laughs> right, right. um, you know, but, uh, he was, you know, I, I got to know him more as a scout than I did as a player. Hmm. And, um, you know, and he's, he's, uh, he's a very intelligent, well rounded individual. Uh, He's got he's got a lot of opinions on a lot of subjects, but they're they're all very well thought out and they you know, it's like everything else. I mean he's just you know, it's 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 you can't sit and argue with him because you're gonna lose. <laughs> and you know, it's it's one of those things that, that you know, you just he, he he doesn't command it but he deserves the all the respect in the world. And, um, you know, he's a very easy person to approach and, and at least now, probably more so than, you know, when you were working for him as a player, but, um, you know, he's, he's got a sense
1: of humor and he's, he's, um, he's just, he's a, he's a pleasure to be around. Uh, and just to demonstrate some of the nuggets in your book, you, you mentioned that the players used to wonder because Bud's known for his toughness and players not wearing sleeves and things like that. If uh, he secretly had the hand warmers with him, that that was a conversation if he had those in his pocket. Uh, but you don't you don't think that he did. Well, I you know what? <laughs> I don't. I
0: don't know, and and even if I did know, I, I wouldn't rat him out. and, <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, the only guy that would tell you right or wrong maybe Bud, but he, I my guess is that he wouldn't. And um, you know, that was just speculation. <laughs> and but uh, <laughs> you know, the only one that, that truly knows is him, right? And, uh, and maybe the equipment people, but. Um, uh, Good luck getting that, getting straight getting a straight
1: answer out of him. Yeah, I just I got a chuckle out of that part of it because I could see the players wondering, like, do you think he's got the hand warmers? Because he won't let us have the hand warmers. Uh,
0: but I I don't, I don't know if that was a I don't know if there are a lot of people that knew about that. But. <laughs> It just came up in a conversation one day. So whoever was in that conversation kind of ran with it.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, that's what I like it throughout the book, that if you're a Vikings fan or someone like me covering the team, there's a lot of little things that you uh, wouldn't know on the outside. Um, You know, you talked about Jerry Burns and his personality, and I I really liked – how you presented him and Bud as being so different that, you know, Bud is not a guy who has a lot to say and Jerry Burns is the loudest person. Um, and, and I just, uh, I, I wonder what it was like when he got that job, because obviously Les Steckel was first in line for some reason, and then Jerry Burns um, takes over after Bud had returned, and then they gave it over to Jerry, and he had a lot of great success, and uh, does not get the credit that he's deserved when it comes to being an offensive innovator. Either you mentioned that Bill Walsh sort of gets the whole "Hey, you were the West Coast offense," but Jerry Burns was doing that um, when he was a college coach and and was very innovative. So what what was it like to play for someone who is as animated as jerry burns (laughs) well it's it's uh there there were a lot of
0: expletives in this conversation and and he was a very colorful individual and had a just an unbelievable sense of humor and uh you know he just had that that little aura about him that was you know, when he was serious, uh, you needed to be serious. And when he was having fun, you could easily have fun. And he was just, you know, he was, he was, um, he was approachable. uh, he was a, a very good communicator, uh, in, in spite of the fact that you'd, you'd have to blank out a lot of the words that that, <laughs> right. that he would use to, to, um, explain himself but you know it was just a very colorful individual a very uh, a great offensive mind um uh, you know and and i just i had a lot of a world of respect for for bernsey uh you know he was a he was a good friend as well as being a a a great offensive coordinator and and a very good head coach and um you know, so, I mean, it was, he's one of those guys that, you know, he, his name comes up and you, you just, you get a smile on your face because mm-hmm. the, the memories are, are so, you know, so fond and just, he's one of those guys that you just cherish.
1: Yeah, I remember uh, even um, talking about his use of the English language. Mike Zimmer said that um, Jerry would use so much off-color language, it would make him blush. And we know that Mike Zimmer uh, is certainly capable of uh, using, using some color. So now, now what's, what's fascinating about your career, Scott, is that when you come into the league, you've got Alan Page and Jim Marshall on the team. And when you leave the league, it's like Chris Dolman and it's Chris Carter is is coming on to the Vikings. And it's so interesting. I wonder in those early days as you're trying to make the team and you're not a high draft pick and you're a special team guy. And here's Jim Marshall on the team. I mean, what did you learn from those legends early on? Because you kind of got there at the end of their careers, but we're still able to see how they operated.
0: Well, you know, I mean, they were guys that 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 once you finally got, you know, once I got to the Vikings, I really didn't, you know, I didn't really follow uh, professional football that much. Um, And especially the Vikings, you know, I've been uh, playing born and raised in Evansville, Indiana, and playing at the University of Illinois. You know, the only teams you would potentially watch were the Cardinals and the Bears. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so the vikings were somewhat of an unknown um to me when i got got here um but you know when you see a guy that that that's probably when when i got here jim was probably in his late 30s um you know and here's a guy that you, you could just run like a deer and, and had a great command in the locker room and, and everybody looked up to him and everybody respected him. And, you know, he was kind of Bud's go-to guy when Bud needed something done in the locker room. It was, it was captain Jim that would, would handle it. Um, You know, and, and just to see how those guys, you know, they, they, most of them were at the tail end of their career. So they weren't, you know, they didn't go, two a days every day and they didn't, uh, but they, they, they lined up on Sunday and they were, they were ready to go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it was always, um, it was always fun just to see how they prepared and how they worked and how they, you know, how they showed up on Sundays that, you know, it was one of those things that they set the bar um, very high and you know, the expectation was there. And if you if you didn't fulfill it, um, you know,
1: uh, you probably weren't gonna be around very long. Folks, football season is finally here and it is time to stock up on your Minnesota football gear. So go to sodastick.com, that is S-O-T-A-S-T-I-C-K, and check out all of their great Minnesota football designs. There's the amazing John Randall design, The Randy Moss Disgusting Act, Can't Stop the Thielen Hats, and everything with skull on it. So you have to go check it out at SodaStick.com. Also, by the way, on Thursday, we're launching another round of our t-shirt sales here at Purple Insider. And let's just say they're very football. Again, that is SodaStick.com, S-O-T-A-S-T-I-C-K, printed here in Minnesota. Super soft, comfortable shirts you Will love it. Yeah, I remember somebody saying, and I forget who this was, that like your culture is sort of a reflection of your best players, and I think that that, in that case makes a lot of sense, of course combined with the coach and so forth, but to have those guys there um, is is probably a great indoctrination into the NFL for a young player. Now, I could go through almost every year of your career and just fire names at you because uh, you played with so many great players, but I wanted to ask you about uh, 87 because 87 is – it is so close, and um, it is just so classic Vikings to be so close so many times. Uh, I, I wonder what that was—that experience meant to you, and kind of if you've ever shaken it off. How close you were to the Super Bowl.
0: Uh, you, you know, it was—it was, it was a, it, obviously for a lot of different reasons. It was a—it was a difficult year from the standpoint of, you know, the. Of strike season um you know losing three games uh with the strike players and and you know we had a the nucleus of our football team was a very good we had a very good football team we had tremendous talent on both sides of the ball um you know so you know we 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 kind of and then we didn't play very well towards the end of the season mm-hmm. and and um, quite honestly, um, I think we almost sneaked, snuck in the back door, um, to get into the playoffs. Um, you know, and then, then we went on a run that was, that was magical and, and difficult, uh, because we were, you know, we were basically on the road for about three or three weeks. Right. Cause we were, cause it was so cold up here and there was snow on the ground and so, so we were running off to Phoenix or Arizona and Florida and traveling all over the place. And, but we were winning games, and you know, everybody kind of everything just kind of clicked until we got to Washington and, you know, we were so close there as well that it was, it was certainly heartbreaking. Um, I do remember the time when I mean we were there and we were on the bus and, and the wives were all there and my wife I I had I got a big black eye and I had a cut under my eye and, and I, I I I told her that I broke down and cried in the locker room after the game and she just smacked me and said well you didn't even cry when our babies were born so. <laughs>
1: no sympathy from the wife I feel that I feel that none
0: whatsoever (laughs) so so I'm like well okay never mind you know but it was just you know we were so close and you know I I went to the NFC championship my my rookie season Mm -hmm. Um, and you know when you get that taste um, you know you you think you're going to be there every year and, you know, it took 10 years to get back. And, you know, after the loss there, you know, you didn't know if you were going to get another chance. Right. And, um, you know, so that, you know, that in itself was, was, was heartbreaking and it's, but it, you know, it's just, it's a game and that's the way things go. And, and, um, you know, you, you absorb it and you move on and, and,
1: you just keep going
0: but yeah that was that was a heartbreak sure
1: yeah. i i don't mean to pour any salt in the wounds but that's the team that i think wins the super bowl if you get there i mean of all the teams that have went yep. to the nfc championship considering what washington did to denver in the super bowl that's the one where you go i gosh i think they would have done it um yep. so Sorry, sorry about that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I do too, but you know what? You never know. So
1: yeah, no, for sure. And uh, the Vikings always prove to us that you never know uh, in this sport. Now, after your career is over, you go into scouting. And one of the things I really enjoy about the book is that you go through position by position of your thoughts on different positions that uh, through the early years, you learned how to scout different positions and to understand um, sort of the makeup of the different players and even how that relates to different coaches and what they want um what what do you what would you like people to understand about how scouting works because i feel like this is even though there's a lot of draft coverage i feel like it's sort of mysterious in a lot of ways um to people on the outside including someone like myself
0: well you you know i mean i I don't think there's there's um a right or wrong script and how to do it or you know, there's there's not a um, you, you you can't her- learn how to do it by reading a book. Uh, you can't learn how to do it by uh, you know listening to somebody speak about it. It's it's um, it's it's a unique position. Um, it's it it helps, uh, I think, to you know to have been around the game, obviously. Uh, I think it helps even more to have played the game um, but there's a lot of people that are in the business in the industry that that did not play the game mm-hmm. um, you know I mean we had a gal by the name of Kelly Klein working for us who is uh, you know very talented uh, young lady and and obviously she didn't play football but she she'd been around it all her life and and she's you know, she's an athlete herself mm-hmm. and, you know, she just got hired. Uh, George Payton went to Denver as a GM and brought her with him. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's, so there's a lot of different ways to, um, uh, to go about this business. Um, but, you know, I mean, it, it can be learned, but I think there also has to be a natural instinct to, be really good at it um or to uh and it's and work ethic is extremely important mm-hmm. uh just because of the the days the long days um being on the road being gone being away from your family um you know there's i mean a lot of people that have um high profile jobs uh, you know, have that kind of work ethic, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, you know, you can't, you can't fool your way through uh, the scouting business. Um, you, you got to do the work. Uh, you have to have an opinion. Um, you, you know, you have to back it up. You have to, you know, and, and you're never going to be right on everybody. And, um, but it's just, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's, it's a lot of hard work combined with uh, some so- solid instincts for people. Um, because they're, you know, that sometimes one of the biggest misses that we have are, you know, they're, they're great players. They're great athletes, but they don't have that it factor. Right. You know, right. they don't have what it takes to be you know, a, a champion or what it takes to be a, a, a great player in our league. And there's a lot of great college football players that don't make it um, for whatever reason, uh, whether it's, it's the money or, or the, or the pressure or whatever the case may be. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough game and it's played by a lot of tough people and, uh, you know, it's just, it's, I think it's one of those businesses, it's one of the businesses that once you get your foot in the door, um, you can stay in the league uh, if you just keep your head down and you work hard and, and keep your nose clean and, and you go about your business.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting because uh, there's so many players who have the physical talent. But I like to say this during training camp that with the draft picks, when the pads come on, you can start to tell who can play uh, because they have to look at Linval Joseph in pads. and and you've yep. never you've never seen anyone in college like Linval Joseph or Daniel Hunter, and how you react to stuff like that sort of tells you pretty early on. Uh, I wonder about when you were scouting guys if you have a guy on, on either side of this one where you were really sure like when when you you guys drafted him in your head you went that guy's going to make it and then they did and maybe one that you didn't expect necessarily to be a great player that turned out to be eventually
0: well you you know i i yeah i mean and there's 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 a lot of examples for for both sides of that coin you know um you know i think I guess for me, you know, you look at a, like guys like a guy like E.J. Henderson or a Chad Greenway or a Randy Moss or, you know, guys that you just felt really good about. Mm-hmm. They all they all came in the league and and transitioned um, very well. Uh, they were all really good players in in the NFL. Um, you know, so you know that's when you take players with the first and second round and early picks, you know, that's the way they should play. Mm -hmm. And then there's also, there's always guys that, that sometimes you you do take with those early picks that don't pan out. And I'm probably not going to name names, but you know. And then you look at a guy like an Adam Thielen, Mm -hmm. um, you know, who, you know, who's, he's an undrafted free agent. Uh, We bring him to a rookie mini camp um, ended up signing him. Uh, he makes the roster, you know. He makes the practice squad first year, and then he's a special teamer, and then he's then he's a Pro Bowler, you know. So uh, it's just, you know, whether or not did we miss something, or was he a late bloomer, mm-hmm. or was this just, you know, the right time, the right place, um, you know? But I, I think the, the uh, you know, what players today need to realize is that, you know, if, if for some reason you don't make it with, necess- like, the Minnesota Vikings, there's 31 other teams mm-hmm. that are looking at you. And, you know, so it's important to stay on top of your game, to stay on top of your business. And, and if you're good enough, they're going to find you. And because uh, there's, uh, you know, they, they go through every – roster with a fine tooth comb um you know just like we do in college when with the college scouting staffs you know there's always guys that are going to fall through the cracks and you know sometimes you just need to get lucky
1: Mm -hmm. um, right
0: quite honestly um but uh you know you, you you do the work and and rick spielman does a great job of managing that whole process and, and identifying the players that, that he thinks are going to be good fits for the Vikings. And, and he, you know, that's he, he listens to everybody. He, he understands everybody. Um, but at the end of the day, somebody has got to make that decision. Right. And, and that's him. And, and, um, and, you know, there's nobody in that room that questions that when, it, when the time comes.
1: Right. What was uh, Randy Moss like to scout?
0: Oh, he's, <laughs> yeah, he was a no-brainer. <laughs> I mean, he was, you know, I mean, and, and there's obviously there was, you know, the physical ability was, was obviously you could turn on, you, you know, the great players. You could watch about a half of a game and, and, and you could write a report. Already, and it's and, and the bad players may be the same way. And you know, it's those guys in between that make plays, don't make plays, mm-hmm. um, you know, have, have a good week this week, have a bad week next week, have a mediocre week the following week. Um, you know, those guys that are in the middle of the pack, um, you know, a lot of times those guys they, they go north or they go south. And, um, but, you know, that's, I mean, Randy was just a, Randy was a, was a, was a game changer. Um, he changed our game when he, when he got into the league and he was, you know, and there was, there were some obviously obvious issues that, that he brought with him. But, you know, when you get to know him and you get to, and you, and you spend time around them. Um, you know, he's, 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 he's an intelligent guy. He, he, he gets it, um, you know, and he's managed his career and, 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 you know, I, I think in a remarkable way and has done extremely well for himself and, uh, you know, and his obviously was one of the greatest players to ever play the game. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and we've realized really in his post-career, his personality, much more than I think outsiders knew him, every teammate I've ever talked to said, you guys just don't know who he is until now. And now you realize when he's on TV, like this is a smart guy. This is a diligent guy really knows the game. And I think that's a part that kind of uh, came out later um, from when he was a player because he was very, uh, I guess you would say like closed off to a lot of people. Um, So Scott, I could talk to you all day about all the players that you've scouted and every else, but I'll, I won't take up all of your time. Um, but I wanted to ask how you watch the games now. Like, do you get out the old neck roll and put it on? Like, I mean, is it, (laughs) it, what what is I mean, how do you watch it when you're not, when you don't have the same sort of, uh, intensity, can you just kind of relax?
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's different. Um, you're not as vested as you were. And obviously number one is the player, uh, number two as as a, as a scout and now as uh, you know it's 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 um, it, it's uh, I guess you're not you're not as wrapped up in it as you used to be um, you know you don't you don't grimace uh, every time they make a mistake right, you don't right. you know but this was I mean i'm I'm back going to the games now which is which is really fun mm-hmm. and really, uh, you know, something that I missed tremendously. But you know, you're you're kind of the, from on the outside looking in now. Um, so you know, you just kind of keep quiet and you you watch and you you know you listen and you you learn and you um, you know, I just I try not to get too wrapped up in it emotionally, just mm-hmm. because. You know, it's just uh, I, I, that's that was a, a different time in my life. Um, you know, and there's more important things to stew about. Um, but you know, you obviously you you wish them the best, and you want them to win, you want them to prosper, you want them to succeed. Um, you know, because there's you know there's a lot riding on this. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And obviously everybody's looking for that championship, but, uh, you know, it's, it's um, unfortunately for us, it's always been next year, but it's just, you know, it's, 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 it, you're, you're hopeful that they have a good enough team that they can get a chance to, to be in the hunt at the end. And, um, you know, cause there's a lot of good people, a lot of good friends that, 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 you know, are suffering when that doesn't happen. Right. And, and I just, you know, and you, I feel their pain, but it's not the same for me.
1: Right. Right. I I'm sure there's, it's a little bit relieving in some ways to not have to live and die with every play. Um, just, okay. One last question. What happened to the neck roll, man? Like, did it, did it not do anything? Like what, where did it go? Why don't guys wear the neck roll uh, anymore? Well,
0: you know what? It was probably it was probably more for decoration <laughs> than, than anything else. But you know, I I did have I did have a legitimate bad neck, and I still have a bad neck, and it's it's you know it just it did help some with some of the you know with some of the the contact you know that you when you lead with your head and right. you lead with your helmet, and, and you know I had. Nerve problems uh, on both sides, and and that was not fun. You uh, know, no, but, I wouldn't imagine. Uh, you know, so there was a – I think it probably worked, maybe just a little bit, but <laughs> it was one of those psychological things that right. that that you know, if you got to play with a, a neck roll on Sunday, or you're you're missing out on something, you know. <laughs> At least that's what I thought. I probably wasn't, but you know, that just, it was part of the deal.
1: I just, I remember I used to collect football cards as a kid and I had a Scott Studwell card where you had the coolest neck roll. And I thought like this, this is a linebacker ladies and gentlemen. So that doesn't happen anymore, but that's that's how it goes. Uh, Scott, the book Viking for Life is a super fun read A four decade football love affair. Triumph books. I'm sure people could get it wherever you get your books. Also, uh, all of the proceeds from this going to charitable organizations, which is really cool of you. And thanks so much for all the time, man. I really love this conversation we could talk for much longer but you've got to evade police so we'll wrap we'll wrap it up here but I no seriously yeah. it's been such a fun conversation scott thanks so much for doing yeah, this. my
0: pleasure matt hey listen call back anytime you want
1: sounds so, great thanks yeah, scott appreciate
0: it all right thank you yep take care right, Bye. bye